Welcome to the Axe Church Leander podcast. Join us in person or online on Facebook at 9.30 a.m. From Isaiah 2, verses 1 through 5. This is what Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. As the highest of the mountains, it will be exalted above the hills, and all nations will stream to it. Many peoples will come, many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his path. The law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will judge between the nations and will settle disputes for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plowshares and their spear into pruning hooks. Nation will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Come, descendants of Jacob, let us walk in the light of the Lord. I invite you guys to pray with me as we dive into God's word together. Jesus, we give you thanks for our time together. Jesus, I give you thanks for how you call us to be in relationship with you. As we're gathered as the people of God, both in person and online, Lord, I pray that we would continue to lean on your word, but also to receive your grace and your mercy. Jesus, I pray that that the ears would hear the gospel of Jesus, Lord, all that Jesus has done for us, not only on the cross, but in the empty tomb, and what he continues to do through this church and through the people of God. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Well, it's good to see you guys here. I feel like I've done a lot of talking already with you guys. Uh, but again, um, good morning to you. Uh, this text from Isaiah chapter 2 is talking about mountains. And it's funny that Skip brought up mountains as well, because that's what we're going to be talking about today, is mountains throughout the scriptures. What we read throughout all the Old Testament and New Testament, we see different mountains and different geological things start popping up. And it's really interesting as we look at mountains, because oftentimes when we see mountains in the scripture, what we see is that God is meeting his people on top of a mountain, and either giving a promise, and they worship back, and then he sends them out to be able to be agents of change and love and mercy and grace. And so all throughout the scriptures, what we see is that God meets his people continuously on mountains, and mountains have this symbolic expression in literary terms from different authors that have written about these experiences in the Bible that they are a symbol of both strength and refuge or a safe space. And oftentimes what happens is when we see this symbol of, of mountain being shown in the story of Scripture as a symbol of both safe and, and safe places, as people go up the mountains whenever they're faced with struggle and their need of a refuge towards God. And oftentimes what we see is we see this all over the Old Testament. So if we take it back to the very beginning in Genesis, there's all this uh, great uh, terror that's happening over this flood, right? And God is flooding the entire earth, but he saves one family, Noah, and the rest of his family. And he says, hey, build an ark, and, and I will save you from these waters of destruction, Right? And as the waters continue to uh, rise up and destroy all of life, God is saving his people, Noah, and his family on this ark. And as the waters are receding, what happens is that Noah's ark rests on top of a mountain. 
And one of the first things that he does as he gets out of the ark is that he worships God. Or another crazy story in the scriptures is when uh, Abraham is called to bring his son Isaac up to be able to sacrifice his son on a mountain. It's kind of a crazy story, but Abraham doesn't trust God with his firstborn, so he ends up sleeping with his maidservant Haggai, and there's a lot of strife and a lot of struggle there. And so when God finally says, hey, you're going to have a son through your wife, Sarah, he says, hey, once you have that son, you're going to come up this mountain. And all of a sudden, as he's going up to the mountain, he's about to sacrifice his son, Isaac. God provides for him a ram in place of his son. God spares his son and saves his son and Abraham. Or or the story of Moses in the Exodus, as Moses ends up trying to defend his own people by killing an Egyptian that's beating up one of the Israelites. He, He runs away to Midian, he ends up getting married, and he goes off into a place, into a cave, and all of a sudden he sees this this bush that's on fire, but it's not consuming anything, and he realizes it's God, and he's talking with God on top of this mountain in the face of struggle and strife. Or in the story of Elijah, where there's this huge battle between the god Baal and also the god of Israel. And all of a sudden, all the prophets of Baal are killed through Elijah. And people hear word about it, and they're like, hey, Elijah, I'm coming for you next. And so he's scared out of his mind, and so he's running away, and he goes into the wilderness, and he's like, God, I don't even want to be here. I just want to die. And what God does, he says, hey, come up the mountain and experience me. We experience both strength and refuge in the midst of a mountain where God meets his people. I don't know about you, but I haven't done too many mountain climbs before, Uh, but I've done some uh, hiking in the hill country in Austin. How many of you guys have done some hiking in the Austin area before? A couple of you guys. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but if you look at me, I'm not much of a climber or a hiker, per se. Uh, I just, I, I like Austin barbecue a little too much. Um, but whenever I go, there's always moments where I'm climbing, and maybe you've had this experience before as you're going up uh, a mountain or you're climbing or doing some hiking, you're, you're tired and you're sweaty, especially in Austin, and then you're hungry and then you're thirsty because you forgot your water in the car, and you're like, I just want to be done. Like, I'm ready to go home. But then when you get to the top, you're just like amazed at the beauty and the awe of creation. And you find rest when you finally reach the top of the mountain. It's a place of both strength and beauty and majesty and a refuge as well. There is one particular mountain that I've climbed, though, that uh, was probably the hardest thing I've physically ever had to do. It was back in 2015. I was at an old church, and they sent me on a mission trip to Columbia, and uh, I got a chance to work with a, a youth group that was there, and we went to this rural town called Gachansipa, and this small rural town was right at the foot of these mountain ranges. If you know anything about Colombia, it's situated on a higher elevation, so when you land, it's kind of harder to breathe because the air is thinner up there, because the higher in elevation, the harder it is to breathe. And so I got there, and uh, different from American culture, where you kind of plan out everything in your schedule, they didn't really have a plan for me. Like, I just got there, and they were like, great, we're going to do this youth camp. And I'm like, okay, cool. And they're like, we're going to invite all of these uh, students from different towns to come together and do this amazing camp, and it's going to be called Extreme Faith. And I don't know about you guys, but anytime that there's the word extreme in front of something, I get a little hesitant. I'm like, I don't know what I'm really getting myself into. I don't know if I packed the right clothes to do something extreme, right? 
And so what they did is they drove us up to this top of the mountain, and we ended up setting up a uh, tent here and camped over for a couple of nights. It was beautiful. But once we got to the top and we set up our tents, uh, all 50 of uh, the students and then my, myself gathered together, and they're like, okay, well, welcome to Extreme Faith. And we're like, ooh, extreme, okay. Uh, and they're like, here's what our first activity is going to do. We are going to have a race. And I'm like, oh, already, it's going to be extreme. I don't even know how far the race is. I just hear the word race, and I start sweating. They say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to race down the mountain all the way across the town, which is a couple of miles, all the way up the mountain, and then all the way across to the tents that we just put together. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And then they were like, ready, set. And they didn't give me time to stretch. They were like, ready, set, go. And all of a sudden, you see 50 of these students just start hustling down the mountain. And I'm like starting to slowly start going down. And I'm like making my way down. And I'm trying to be careful not to break a nail. And I'm going down slowly. And all these kids are like doing backflips and doing cool. They're not doing backflips. But they're doing really cool stuff down the mountain. And they're racing. And then they finally get down to the bottom of the town. And they head all the way across the town. And I'm just at this point like just sweating and tired and I'm like I am not prepared for this I'm not ready for this huge marathon because it ended up being like 20 miles and so it was this crazy experience and so I'm down at the bottom of the mountain and I'm slowly starting to like make my way and you ever have those moments where you think like I, I just want to survive today <laughs> like right you ever think about that you're like I just want to make it through the day that's exactly what I was facing every second I was like Lord just keep me alive and so I'm going across town I'm going across town and then I finally get to the base of the mountain and I'm like okay it's time to begin the climb so I'm starting to make the climb I feel like I'm doing pretty good hitting some rocks it's good and then there's this moment where I start to like start to change my elevation and I'm slowly starting to grab rocks and use like all four of my limbs together and climbing and I'm literally scaling up this mountain and again I'm, I'm sweating and I'm tired and I'm thirsty because I didn't know that we were starting the, the thing already because I left my water bottle up at the tent and I'm like oh this is horrible and there's this moment where I'm up on the mountain and I'm like Lord just like Elijah I just want to die like just take me out Lord I'm done with this just leave me here on this mountain and it got so bad to the point where someone who had already finished the race ended up coming back around down the mountain up behind me and tried to like help me get up back the mountain. They're like, you can do it, you can do it. I'm like, no, I can't, no, I can't. And so I'm going up to the top of the mountain and I finally reach the top and I'm like, oh, I'm finally at the top. And they're like, great, now we gotta run across. And I'm like, you've gotta be kidding me. Like, Lord, strike me now. And so I'm just like sweating. I'm praying for a cheeseburger because I'm in Columbia because they don't have those. Anyways, and so we're going at it. And then finally, we get to the point where I start seeing the tents, and I see all 49 students just, like, cheering, like, yeah, this is awesome. And I end up doing the Rocky thing, and, like, I can't breathe. And it's great. But one of the first things that we do when we finally gather together is that we worship. We, we get to worship God. And at this point, I am literally breathless. <laughs> I'm breathless because of the race that I just did but also just amazed at how in the view of creation and the beauty of it all, 50 Colombian students gathered together with guitars at a campfire with some food, singing in Spanish the praises of God, was just an incredible sight to see. It, it was a beautiful picture of, of what we just read in Isaiah chapter 2, that, that all nations will stream up to the mountain of God, and he will teach us his ways. 
It's a beautiful picture for me because as I realized as I was going up the mountain, I needed God to be my strength. Not only that, but when I got to the top of the mountain, I found God as my refuge and my safe space. And friends, I think that's the same for all of us, is that we need God to be both our strength and our safe space together. And what Isaiah chapter 2 does is gives us a vision of what it looks like when when God is both our strength and our safe place. That, That nations will come to the mountain and they will make peace with one another and learn the ways of God. From every tribe, nation, skin color, experience, culture, we'll get to experience who God is. And there will be beautiful reconciliation with nations and family members and friends and people that have been long past in our life coming together to experience God and be in right relationship not only with God but with one another. One of the psalm writers in Psalm 46 says this. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. In trouble. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I read this, I don't always feel like God is my refuge and my strength. Sometimes we don't always trust that God will be our refuge and strength in times of trouble and of need. And because sometimes we don't always trust that God will be there for us when times get really hard, sometimes we actually look to other mountains for that refuge and that safe space and strength. Maybe it's the mountain of expectation that you climb. Maybe it's climbing the mountain of other people's expectations as you try to find refuge in your own ability to live up to other people's standards of how you're supposed to live. Maybe you find comfort in that because people will finally accept you if you live up to their expectations, but you could only do that for so long before you run out of your own strength. Maybe you're climbing the mountain of lies that you've accumulated over the years to make you look like somebody that you're really not in front of your coworkers, your friends, your spouse, your kids. And maybe you find strength in some of those things that you haven't shared in years, but you'll never find a refuge in being able to never share the truth. We need God to be both our, our refuge, our safe space, and our strength. Not just one or the other, but both our strength and our safe space. Because if Jesus is just our strength and he's not our refuge, then that means we have to live the world, live with the world on top of our shoulders. And there are some of us in here that have felt that way before, that you have to carry the rest of the world on your shoulders on your own strength. If Jesus is just our refuge and he's not our strength, then whenever bad things happen, we can take refuge in Jesus, but we may not always trust that he's going to do something about it. And so we might think that God is very distant from us as well. You see, we need Jesus to be both our safe space and our strength. Friends, we need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength when when loved ones die. When we hit the reality that 
that this world is broken, that there are friends that, that we lose on a regular basis. We need Jesus to be our strength and, and our, our safe space when our families are falling apart. Whether it's your, your kids that are acting a fool and they're just not listening to you, or, or if it's those conversations that you, you need to have at night with your spouse, but you go to bed angry. We need Jesus to be our safe space and our refuge in those moments. We need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength when we're struggling to leave abusive and unhealthy relationships, not only at home, but also in our workspaces. When you have that coworker who's just being a little bit too inappropriate, we need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength. We need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength when, when depression and, and thoughts of, of suicide enter our brains. When, when we feel like we can't keep moving on and on, and we feel like that the rest of the world would be better without us, we need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength, because Jesus himself is our life. We need Jesus to be our safe place and our strength when oftentimes anger gets the last word, to be able to take refuge in him. Maybe you're like me on that mountain in Colombia. Maybe you feel as though you don't belong on the mountain because you feel unequipped to approach God's presence. Maybe you're tired of climbing and trying so hard that you've just given up on your relationship with God. You, you felt like the world has been on your shoulders for too long. You're like, no, what, God, I, I just don't want to be in this right relationship with you. I, I'm kind of done with that. I just want to do my own thing. Maybe you're unsure if God is a safe place or strength in your time of need. Maybe you've never had an incredible mountaintop experience with God and you feel like, is there something wrong with me? Like I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying and I'm communicating and I'm at church on Sunday and it's just not clicking for me. Maybe you feel like you haven't had that, that mountaintop experience. Here's what Jesus has for you this morning. If you have a Bible or on your phone, if you want to open up to Matthew chapter 5, after Isaiah chapter 2, 700 years later, Jesus comes into the scene on earth. It's going to be on screens for you. And Jesus begins his ministry, and this is Jesus' first recorded sermon. He's about to go out and invite people to join alongside him, and this is what he says. This is Matthew chapter 5. Now, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up where? On a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Friends, if you've ever felt like God wasn't around, if you've ever grieved about what's happening all over the world and in our country or in your community or in your neighborhood, if you've ever felt like you want something to be done because you face injustice or if you've seen people groups and people that you love face injustice, if you've ever needed mercy for something that you've done that you don't want to share with anyone, if you're here searching for answers or just looking for a time of peace, you are not alone. You are not alone because Jesus is calling us up the mountain to receive him. And all the blessings that Jesus gives on this mountainside, he says, he says, come to me and receive this, for you are blessed. What Jesus is doing is he's fulfilling Isaiah chapter 2, where all of these nations are streaming up to him. These crowds are coming up to receive who Jesus is, and he's teaching them, you are blessed, you who are weary, who feel like you've had the world on your shoulders for too long. And the reason why Jesus is able to be our safe place and our strength is for two reasons. One is that Jesus embodies or images the Beatitudes. There have been moments where Jesus has, has mourned. There are moments when Jesus has hungered and thirst for righteousness, where Jesus has sought peace and mercy, that Jesus is pure of heart and has experienced persecution. And the second reason is this, that Jesus is able to be our safe place and our strength because ultimately Jesus took on the biggest mountain that anyone could ever face. As he has nails in his side and in his feet with a crown of thorns on his head as he lays down his life on Mount Calvary. For you and for me and for the rest of the world. That, that even in Jesus' weakest moments, in his most vulnerable state, he still reigns as king, and Jesus triumphs over tragedy. Jesus triumphs over tragedy. Jesus is our safe place and our strength, and Jesus calls us up to the mountain to experience him. So, so friends, this morning and this week, where in your life are you needing a safe place to retreat? And where are you needing Jesus' strength? Maybe it's times when you feel like your schedule is just oversubscribed and, and you just need some peace and quiet with God. Maybe it's, it's taking time to meet with a friend and confiding in them about something that's been happening in your life. Maybe it's you've been relying on your own strength for too long and you just, you just want to share that with somebody so that they can lift you up in prayer. If you need prayer or if you need someone to talk to, myself or Pastor Josh or any of our elders are here for you at Acts Church Leander to lift you up. Or, or maybe it's more serious and you need some professional help in mental health. That's a resource for you to be able to do and to share some of the things that you've been carrying for too long. In a, in a couple of weeks, uh, the, the teachers and the administrators from Uvalde are going to have a chance to, to be at a retreat 
like an hour and a half away from here. All the things that they've experienced back in May, they're going to have a chance to be able to retreat and to process together. The, those teachers and, and teachers even here and everyone else who's been affected by such a tragedy needs strength and a refuge. I, I pray that they have space to be able to process all that happened. We, we've gone through a lot of tragedies in our life as, as a nation and as a world. And just next week as we go to Concordia University, Texas, we're going to be surrounded by students who were born in 2003 that don't remember what happened September 11, 2001. We, we, we get to create space for us to process tragedy and, and not only to process, but to be able to lean on the mountain of God who invites us to come up and to receive his strength and his refuge. That, that we get to hope in, in a God as we come to receive him in uh, body and blood, in bread and wine, as we continue to sing songs to him, that we get to be reminded that we have a God who is not far from us, but comes close to us and invites us to the mountain with him. And, and that one day we'll return to make all things right, and as J.R.R. Tolkien says, we'll make all sad things come untrue. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about our church at axchurchleander.com.